The thing is, uh, it's one of those fascinating 80s movies that when it came out was grossly underappreciated. The critics didn't like it. Fans were lukewarm on it. And, so there's, you, and there's some reasons for that. You said, how did this happen? Isn't this just Carpenter's M.O. for the 80s that people just didn't understand what he was doing at the time? Halloween crushed it out the gate. That's 78. Oh, I mean, yes. Yeah. I, you're right. But yeah. Like... But that was a direct... Uh, no, I mean, how was Big Trouble in Little China? Was Bombed. One? Oh, it did? Yeah. Do you remember it came out the same week as Aliens? It did really badly? So it's interesting. Be- I'm going go to go... They lived, didn't make money. I'm going to go uh, to... I'll go to a fact right away. Yeah. There is an argument that part of why the thing didn't do well is because it came out two weeks after E.T. And the general public was all warm and fuzzied up to this idea of E.T. And then it's like, well, and then there's this other alien <laughs> yeah. movie that's not so much like that. So, I mean, is Carpenter the victim of, like, horrific PR timing on all of the releases of his movies? No, just ahead of his time and a little weird, I think. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, week number two in the new studio. Glaive game. Exciting times. You cannot live where you want to live. You cannot have your dreams fulfilled. You know, a, a wish is a dream your heart makes. Is that the Disney song? You can't do any of that without the right mortgage. You got to have Sonic Loans in your corner, making sure that you have the great percentage, the great person working with you, no PMI, 30-year, 15 fixed, whatever the case might be. Sonic is the place to go. Charlie and his team of experts are standing by They are a family. They are going to work with you as a family. They're going to treat you like your brother, your sister, or someone who you love. Who do you love, Max? My dogs. Great. Reach out to Sonic Loans today. Uh, Tell them the Buzz in the Tower sent you and let them take care of your loan needs, refi, regular, new, whatever it is, and you will be happy as a pig in you know what. Slop. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. For a free consultation, call 248-595-0001. Today we're talking about a little movie called The Thing. And when I think of Bolton Legal Group and I think of the protection that I would want if I was stationed in Antarctica with uh, some type of alien killing and mimicking people and having all these Cronenbergian monsters dripping and making you want to barf. Bolton Legal Group, they could navigate through this. They could uh, find the the makeshift DNA test that they did with blood attacking you. Whatever you got to do, Bolton Legal Group. Wouldn't the thing just take over Ian and then we'd be screwed? But you wouldn't know because he'd still be protecting you in the courtroom. Yeah, he'd be trying until we burned him. Efficient bird law. Gross law. Gross gross alien law. Vomit law. law. Whatever you need. Bolton Legal Group's there to support you and take care of you. Reach out today. Tell them the Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to enjoy the legal process and be protected the way that you should from the people that you trust. Trust. 
Today's episode, The Thing. In remote Antarctica, a group of American research scientists are disturbed at their base camp by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. When they take in the dog, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp, and they discover that the beast can consume the shape of its victims. A resourceful helicopter pilot, played by Kurt Russell, and the camp doctor, played by Richard Dysart, lead the camp crew in a desperate, gory battle against vicious creatures before it picks them all off one by one. In honor of October, Halloween, and scaring Max, today on Buzz in the Tower, we'll work ourselves into a paranoid frenzy as we talk about the John Carpenter cult classic, The Thing. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Wilford Brimley to my Kurt Russell, Max Sanders. And with that, you gotta be f***ing kidding. (laughs) You got to say it? I did get to say it. Oh, man. I'll beep it out. Okay. Bleep, 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 I, I wasn't bleep. sure if we could say it or not. We can do anything, Max. This movie's so gross. I can show you the world. I almost puked. It's a good movie. Is it? Did you like watching it? Did you enjoy it? Let's turn the lights off in the studio no. when we do this movie. I mean, I feel like you could take me over right now. Boom, boom. Is boom, that boom. this? Yeah, you're right. That, it, sound, that sounds like uh, uh, I, 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 yeah. I, what's yeah, that I one? Uh, crazy train. <laughs> oh yeah. Boom boom. <laughs> yeah, that's boom, what I boom, thought. Boom boom. <laughs> that's really funny. That'd be so the <laughs> It'd be inappropriate. The Jaws theme, right, yeah. of this movie is just and and at the beginning they only do it when they point to either an animal or a human who's infected, but it's not consistent. I tried to follow. Oh, interesting. It, but you'll hear it as deep, just like boom boom. Yeah. Carpenter loves his synth bum, bum. and like well, easy tiger because Carpenter didn't do the music on this. Well, he contributed though. But, he like uh, we'll talk about. He it definitely like thought, like he's a synth eighties. You're guy. making a lot of assumptions, and you know what happens when you assume makes an. I can't say it. Makes an Antarctica out of you and me. <laughs> Max, welcome to the show. Today we are talking about The Thing, and for anybody who is listening to us for the first time, thank you for joining us. Your patronage means the world to me. It does. Especially to Max. Um, very sad life that he lives in. These moments are important. I'm kidding. Not a sad one. I'm like, what? Let me get the let me get the logistics out of the way, and I got to jump into a funny story. So, first of all, uh, rate, review, find us on any podcast player that you listen to, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Yeah, YouTube videos are coming soon. Very soon. We start recording and producing video. You can see our pretty faces January. That's the goal. Can we want wear like matching outfits or like Max? You can do whatever you want because we're in a minute. We're going to talk about how I don't think that you're competent, and I'm concerned about you. I got a whole story around That's it. That's not new. That's this is. Today was special for me. You did something that caught my eye. Those Pete Davidson eyes. <laughs> Again, though, you look good. I'm Thank telling you, you this, these morning recordings yeah. are the way to go. I thought you were going to be a mess, but you actually are You're popping more than if we do it after a shift and later in the day. I went to bed at 10 p.m. It's so weird. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Nosferatu over here. Uh, I ate a pint of ice cream before I went to bed. I'm not surprised. Nick's di- ice cream. You ever had it? It's no, only 250 calories. In, the whole pint. I, I don't want to hear any of this from you. In addition, <laughs> in addition to subscribing and all that fun stuff, at Buzz in the Tower is our handle. That's at B-U-Z-Z-N, the tower. You can also go to buzzinthetower.com and our website. Pick up any licensed merchandise that you like. Christmas T-shirts, is coming. Christmas is coming. Thanksgiving gifts. Hit it. Do it. You know it. Flag day. Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower where you can support the show. And with that, Max, why don't we jump into a quick story and then we'll talk about the thing. The Lions. You went to Tampa. I did. I took my 10-year-old son. This is not the story I'm telling, but I will tell this story. I took my 10-year-old son to the Tampa Bay game. Unbelievable experience. Max, there was, I'd have to guess, twenty to 25,000 Lions fans at that stadium. Wow. It was a third Lions fans. That'd be amazing. I, I heard people watching the game on TV could hear the Lions fans cheering. Oh, yeah. When I was there, it was deafening. Like, yeah. you could, it was unbelievable. Well, you're something to cheer about for once. I mean. Well, when's the last time you were 5-1? Never. and one? Never. Never? No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> Schwartz had a 5-1 and one team, and then they, like, lost this whole all the games in the back half of the season. It's not that we're 5-1. and one. It's that we're we're a dominant five and one. There's no game where it's like, oh, whoops, accidentally we're five and one. We've blown out two. Okay, I can't do this. We're not. Okay. We're not a Detroit Lions podcast. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Schwartz on is having a moment too. I know. Which is right? weird. There you go. Yeah. All right, Max. Okay. I want to share a story with all our listeners. A lot of people listen to the show and they're always like, you know, Mo, you're a little bit rough on Max. You know, the, a little bit. Sandpaper. Sometimes yeah. I, I understand that. There are these things that you do that grind my gears. To borrow a Peter, Peter Griffin. Griffin yeah. yeah. And. It's it's almost like um, you have hot chick syndrome. Nice. Are you familiar? Are you, are you familiar with what hot chick syndrome is? Uh, they're terrible people because they can get away with it. Exactly. Yeah. You are a terrible person because you can get away with it because you have you've created this niche for yourself <laughs> in the world where, where like first of all, all credit to you. 
incredibly successful, very financially well taken care of, and not inherited. This is all your own money yeah. over the years. You're you are probably one of the most financially responsible people I know. I still find that crazy. I it feel like you're making it up. No, it's legit. Dude. I know because everybody I know that lives in a million dollar house has eight hundred thousand dollars of debt. That's crazy. You Why would you do you that? live in a two hundred thousand dollar house and have a million dollars under your pillow. That's a whole different type of living. I mean, it's incredible. Not like that, but yeah. You get the point. Okay. I'm flipping the numbers. Yeah. It's not 100. I don't care how much your house is. But the, but the point that I'm making is you've had false reinforcement in everything you've done in your life because you've had external success. So you assume, oh, well, the way I behave must be the right way because it's working. Yeah. That's a horrible, horrible lesson that you've been taught. No. So you, you exist and live like a child. Like if my children don't like the temperature of the room – they immediately assume that the room temperature must be changed for everyone so that they're comfortable. If they are not comfortable sitting in a chair, dad, get me a pillow. Dad, get me a blanket. That's you. You walk into the studio yeah. and you're like, we're, we put the, the blanket over the door and you're like, oh, I need to take that back down. I need to get a pillow for my back. Oh, yeah. And then can I get one for my butt too? Because you can't sit for an hour unless you're perfectly comfortable. I then walk out of the <laughs> studio. I make myself a cup of coffee this morning. I, it's nice uh, uh, Starbucks caramel, salted caramel mix, whatever. Mm, really good coffee. Sounds good. I'm walking upstairs to get a precious pillow for your precious behind. I see you lean over and pick up my coffee cup and look at it. I didn't see you drink from it, but knowing how you are and your overwhelming sense of entitlement, I assumed that you drank my coffee from my cup without even thinking twice about it. I get back to the studio. I sit down and I look at you and I say, what do I say to you, Max? Did you drink my coffee? To which you say, Yes, I did. Yeah, it was delicious. Were you going to finish it? It's not even that you did it. It's that this is Max Sanders. Were you going to finish is, it? This is the Max Sanders that people don't know. Like, you walk through life like a, a, an entitlement zombie. You yeah. just like, all things before me are mine. So Fix the temperature. Bring me a pillow. Yeah, when I used to stay with people when in my 20s, uh, I would consider their fridge my fridge. Right. Which is weird. Right. Not not a great thing to you do. You recognize <laughs> that that's weird. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It just makes me like it makes me want to have an episode with Celine on here and just be like, how are you? I mean, the answer to how you guys live together is you have we haven't lived together. Separate, I know you have separate floors. You're I gave, I bought, finishing your basement. So I that paid you guys for can a separate it. thermostat That's, so she can do her own adjustments. That there is unbelievable. And we're gonna get her a different fridge so with a lock on it, so I can't eat anything from it. You're gonna put a lock on yeah. it. Yeah, it'll be fingerprint ID'd. Oh my Jesus! What? Nothing. Like I just <laughs> it's it's your impulse control is non-existent. Yep. That's yeah. why. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah. I just wanted to get people to get an insight and they always think I'm so rough on you. And you have the nerve to tell me sometimes that I act like someone like you're stunned that I have a kid sister because you think I act like an only child. You have way worse only child syndrome than I do. I do. But like I'm in the shadows with my stuff. You're just like, <laughs> hey, 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 we weren't in the shadow yeah. when you were drinking my coffee. I, I thought I was them. alone. <laughs> That's even worse. Yeah. You scoundrel. I'm, a, I'm like the thing. I'm just sneaking up. You and are taking people's. All right, Max, let's talk about the thing. So we're in October. We were going to do all horror films throughout the the month of October. Then we forgot. We, we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love you so much. I was going to try to come up with a clever reason and nope. Old truth teller Magoo. You can't tell the truth about drinking my coffee, but on the podcast, you'll tell the truth. I so, told the truth about the coffee right away. Busted. What were yeah. you going to say? No, I was just looking at it. I, I can't lie. Your mug. Yeah. That is true. You can't lie. Action Jackson is kind of a horror movie. <laughs> 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 think about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's women that die yeah. uh, violently. A lot of violence. Yeah. Unnecessary nudity. Testicles in a jar. Yeah, you're right. The th <laughs> the thing the thing is, uh, it's one of those fascinating '80s movies that when it came out was grossly underappreciated. The critics didn't like it. Fans were lukewarm on it, and so there's you, and there's some reasons for that. You said, "How did this happen?" Isn't this just Carpenter's mo for the '80s that people just didn't understand what he was doing at the time? Halloween crushed it out the gate. That's '78. Oh, I mean, yes, yeah. I you're right. But yeah, like. But that was a uh, no. I mean, how was Big Trouble in Little China? Was bombed. It, oh, it did. Yeah, don't you remember it came out the same week as Aliens? It did really badly. So it's interesting. I'm gonna go. They to, lived, didn't make money. I'm gonna go. Uh, to, I'll go to a fact right away. Yeah, there is an argument that part of why the thing didn't do well is because it came out two weeks after ET. And the general public was all warm and fuzzied up to this idea of E.T. And then it's like, well, and then there's this other alien movie <laughs> yeah. that's not so much like that. So, I mean, is Carpenter the victim of, like, horrific PR timing on all of the releases of his movies? No, just ahead of his time and a little weird, I think. I, I Is he? I'm trying to compare him. Like, who? There's no comparison. Is there anyone? Not in style, but is there someone in the 90s or contemporarily who has just made films that have... Not have I guess flopped for a lesser choice of words, but that you look at them, you're like, how did this flop? This is an amazing uh, film. Um, 
Did Paul Thomas Anderson movies not do well initially? I, but not. I think initially, well, I mean, what was his first one? Was uh, it was Owen and Luke Wilson, uh, Bottle Rock? No, that's Wes Anderson. You're right. I'm yeah, thinking. I'm I'm talking about uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yep. Just, there will be blood. Yep, yep. He started with Heart Eight. You're right. Uh, Boogie Nights. Anderson. Boogie Nights was well received though. But, I know. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just have never seen anybody. I mean, he's this, a comic. You, when you when you watch this movie, in the face of the fact that he did, let's uh, go to Halloween, which is in '78. Halloween felt like a low budget horror film. Three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. It was a low budget horror yeah. film, but it it was great and it was suspenseful and it created anxiety and it was it was a really 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 good film. This movie and it's only in eighty two. The opening, not even the opening cinematography. This felt like a high budget, well put together, well shot movie. Well, you gave Carpenter fifteen million dollars. Yeah. which, I mean, for him, think about that. He made Halloween for three hundred seventy five grand. You give him that much money. I think it was the most money ever spent on special effects. It was $1.5 million. Well, they upped it because initially I think the special effects budget was only half a million or yeah, a quarter yeah. of a million dollars. So this was the most special effects had ever been paid yeah. ever in a movie. Well, they storyboarded all of these scenes. And by the time they were done storyboarding it, they're like, yeah, like we need to increase the overall budget of the film because we're going to be doing a ton of special effects. The special effects guy had a nervous breakdown. I know. And I will get to that. Yeah. it's. I agree with you. But it's even more than the special effects. I had a nervous right I know. <laughs> even the opening shot, the that kind of aerial shot, it's supposed to be Antarctica. It's actually Alaska that they shot the film in. But the quality of that shot is Way better is than beautiful. Predator. I, yeah. Well, we're going to talk. You know, I'm going to get right into that right okay. now. It's so funny to me. One of your biggest issues with Predator. I'm sorry. Let me say that differently. Your only issue with Predator. Yep. Because I, I make the argument that I have no issue with that movie. It's it's in a rare classification of films that there's nothing about it that I would change. There's no characters I would swap out. There's no dialogue I didn't like. There's no moment that I found cheesy. I view it as being Stick the perfect around. movie. Anything. It's the, it's the perfect film. Your only issue, you feel the same way, except you have one issue. The beginning scene where they show the spacecraft landing on Earth, which was added after the fact. It was against McTinneran's McTinneran's, uh, wishes. Yes. You don't like that. No. That scene to me, I have disagreed with you and said, it's fine, it's not a big deal. Rewatching the thing, I'm in your camp. Yeah. Because the thing made the exact same mistake. You think it's a mistake in the thing? That opening scene, that opening scene where they show the spacecraft in the thing coming down to Earth, unnecessary. And I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to bet that the exact same conversation that took place with Predator took place with Carpenter. Interesting. That somebody said, this is going to be too confusing. Let's, Let's... soft serve the story so people know right out the gate what's going on. Okay. That we're dealing with an alien. Think about the movie, how the movie progressed. Why did they even need that scene? The entire movie is predicated on this concept of suspense and paranoia. And why even start with teasing that there's aliens that came down to Earth? Start with the dog. Start with the question of what in the hell is going on. Let them go over there and discover the spaceship and discover the alien and everything else, which they do. They they show that it's a, a spacecraft. They show there are these mutated bodies that are from another planet. What purpose did the alien at the beginning of the movie serve? Yeah, did I guess the spaceship I, serve? I guess that's true. It's just with Predator, it's like you weren't sure what the Predator was, if it was an alien or if it was just some freakish thing down here. This is the same. The only difference is the they, timing they, they, of discovery. Yeah, but I'm saying in the thing, you kind of knew it was an alien from the advertisement and all that kind of stuff. Too. No, you did not. Oh, you sir. did not? Okay. No. Okay. And, and I would also I would also make the case, when you say the advertisement, do you mean the trailers or do you mean the poster? A little both. Okay, so... I don't think that Predator was all that different. Yeah. Like it, in Predator, it says, you know, they're being hunted by something other from this world mm. or whatever. It's the same type of jargon. Mr. Poopy buttholes. Yeah, Mr. Poopy. God, that, talk about freaking Rick and Morty. <laughs> so good. Like the, the fact. This is self-destructive the, behavior. The, the fact that she's having an affair with yeah. the Predator is just so good. Yep. So good. <laughs> all right. But I, I, I. I've often argued against your position yeah. on this. I actually, this movie, cool. I'm with you. Like, I think in both The Predator and The Thing, it was unnecessary. Um, what is it about this movie that does it for you? Now, I know it grosses you out. So we always say Cronenbergian, right? So uh, Cronenberg did The Fly. Yep. And there's just this mucusy disgustingness to The Changing, fly. like morphing. Yeah. Slimy, spider legs. Yeah. Hair. This is- And, like, it's, it's nightmare fuel because- you think it's over, and then some other head appears, or like an eye pops out, or something else like starts pussing. And I watched this at work, like before a big weekend. I was like not that busy, so I started watching it. 
for four hours afterwards, I didn't respond well to people. I was twitchy. If someone hit my back, I'd freak out. Yeah. There's something, I mean, like, the paranoia stuff is awesome. The McCready and, like, the backstories on all these guys in Antarctica, that's really cool. And, yeah. like, that, I mean, I think that gets overshadowed by how, for someone like me, how violently gross this movie is. And it's, like, it's in spurts. So it's not like you can prepare for it. It's like, oh, cool, this is the next 20 minutes where it's just going to be gross. It just kind of snaps in and then snaps out. And, like, I guess Carpenter is, like, the king of these jump scare moments where the music swells, you see something gross, and then it passes by and everything goes back to normal. Yeah. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I agree with you. I also think – I didn't re- – I'm sure there's a name for this. I don't know the genre name for this, but there's a reason that I love Alien, the original Alien. Barf bag movies. Mm, if, yes, you're right, but that's for the gross pe- part. Okay. I'm actually not referencing the gross part. Take the gross part. The out, sci-fi out horror combo? Take that out, too. Okay. I actually might be able to tell you if you let me what I'm referring to. Banana pancakes? <laughs> keep at, no, keep yeah. guessing. This is fun. What else? Yeah. What else? Go ahead. <laughs> Please, go ahead. Oh, man. That's so What good. if Adam Sandler was a stapler? <laughs> Roy Schneider. Not Adam Sandler. Roy Schneider is Rob Schneider. Roy Schneider. God, I'm thinking of Jaws. Yeah. Unbelievable. Roy Schneider. Bob, Bill Brasky. So what were you thinking? I don't know. I lost uh, my train of thought. Because the combination of, of two things, Alien and this. The, the I didn't realize that as a genre, this is something that I like, but this idea of a group or a team and then one dropping by one, right? Like the, oh, la- yeah. the last man standing of the original Predator. group. Yeah. yeah. Well, Predator's a little bit different. You are just guessing wildly all over the map. Like Predator's to me. Ghost Dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot handle you right now. <laughs> Just sit there quiet for a second, and I'll be done with this point, which should have been over five minutes ago. This the the paranoia is built by the fact that you have these different dynamic personalities, not knowing who's infected or who is infected, and then in Alien, you have this kind of one by one egg implanted. You know, were they implanted? Are they sick? Even in movies, um, I can't remember the name of it, but the one Outbreak. When like everybody's getting sick or or zombie movies, right? Or uh Dracula movies, not Dracula, but vampire movies where are you infected, are you are you not infected? This idea of not knowing who's the next one to drop around you is I, I think a very cool element of this movie. Now we can move on to the next point instead of playing uh, a thousand guesses with Max. Am I allowed to talk now? Yeah, I think right, so. Cool, cool. Go please go ahead. No, I was just <laughs> you asking. have nothing to say. No, you yeah, just have yeah. to ask if you could. Yeah. The the other part about this movie that I think was interesting is you mentioned like the gore factor. If you eliminated all of the gore, if you made this a PG movie and eliminated all the violence, it'd be, all be the one gore, of my favorite movies. It'd still be a really cool movie because you've got great acting. Again, the cinematography is incredible and the story. It's a really cool story. Yeah. So apparently during COVID, this movie spiked a lot because people felt like the paranoia and like the weirdness of who's sure. sick and who's not yeah. kind of thing. And by the way, this is the coolest interview ever. Quentin Tarantino said Reservoir Dogs. He based it on the thing because it's like they don't know who, who, to, tr- yep, who to trust who to and they're in yeah, a confined yeah. space kind of thing. Oh, that's so cool. I can't find the interview anywhere. I found it on TikTok a while Let's ago. Let's get to work. Man. I know. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Come on. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, there's little little things in the film that Carpenter does. So in the, in the very opening scene when you see this aerial of this helicopter chasing a dog, I also think there's just something off-putting is not the right word. When you see someone hunting a roughers and you see problems and and like I am legend got me because of that that Sam. German shepherd, yeah. you know, like and when you see movies like that, you're emotionally bought in in a very different way. Yeah, they reverse engineered. They're like, what's the most lovable thing we can make hateful and yeah. like freaky? Yeah. When the dog's face splits open oh, and the other dogs are like losing their it's mind, a it's a lot. The first time I saw that, it's intense. It's I, intense. I like had to like turn away from the screen. Yeah. It has any other movie really done that where it's like. Just something cute and fluffy turns terrible. Well, yeah, Cujo. Critters. Cujo. Yeah. Um, but I also I also like that the dad from Which is a Carpenter movie too. <laughs> I also I also like that the dad from License to Drive, uh, Richard Macer. Yeah. I love that even in the face of these dogs turning like rampant. He went to go save them. He went to go save yeah. one of them. I was like, that's Max and Mo right there. <laughs> like I would be like, yeah, you know what? We're just gonna let that disease ride out. My yeah. dog will kill me, that's fine, but I'm not letting you shoot my dog. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Don't you hurt my dog. Yeah. Also, the lack of sleep, the cold, the isolation. It's like, and also, I think it's really cool. They don't tell you why the Antarctic troop is there scientifically. Right. There's no explanation. Right. They're just there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. It's very alien, too. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're they're on the. Uh, they're, alien, they explain, right? They're on a mining mission. Yeah, but right? it's, I mean, 
they're on a scientific mission. I mean, I, I, they don't get into like the detail of the specifics. Well, of they're part they're of Wayland Enterprises. I mean, you, you find that out post Alien. Oh, first really? Alien. Okay. Yeah. In the first Alien, you just know that they're out there doing something. Right? Yeah. Aliens, they're going to check on the actual people that have disappeared. What's scarier, this or Alien? This is scarier. Yes. This is probably, I'd, I'd like to see one of those rankings of like 10 scariest films ever. Entertainment uh, Weekly said this is the 12th scariest movie of yeah, all time. I believe that. Yeah. I, I absolutely believe that. Um, there's little things that Carpenter does that I appreciate. So in the beginning when they're chasing the dog and the the Norwegian gets off of the helicopter and he's eventually shot um, by, oh God, the actor who plays the president in Clear and Present Danger. El Capitan. Think, yeah, El Capitan. Yeah. So he gets shot by him. When he hits the ground, I don't know if you noticed this or not, and he takes a bullet to the head. Yep. That extra twitch when he's laying yeah, yeah. face down on the ground. Like I I just to me, like that's that's like great. Like that's just little little realistic add-ons, right? Because yep. when people die, that is how they die. They don't just like hit the ground, they're not moving. I learned anymore. that from the rock. Yeah. Is that normal? The yeah. twitching? Yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens. Can we shoot him again? <laughs> um I additionally love at the beginning, as you're being introduced to these characters, there's things that are added to character development that help you understand who they are. So McCready, when he is holding the, what is it? Is it whiskey that he's got in his hand? JMB. Yeah. So when he's drinking that whiskey, which is great, right? You know, he's playing chess at the beginning. He doesn't like that he loses. He dumps his glass. Do you know who the voice of the chess uh, woman was? I thought you was something wild, like Sigourney Weaver. No, no. It was Adrian. Hold on. It was Adrian Barboa. Not Barboa. Yeah. Balboa? No, Adrian Barbue, who was Carpenter's wife. Oh, no way. Who was Maggie in Escape from New York. And she's also uh, Ronnie Dangerfield's wife in Back to School. That Remember? Is, yeah. yeah. So she's a whore queen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know Car- she she's Carpenter's wife. Yeah, yeah. Or former wife. Um, who was the voice in uh, Escape from New York? Of it's the Jamie Lee robot? Curtis. That's Jamie Lee Curtis. That's who I thought you were going to Yeah, tell Carpenter me. knows how to use voices. That's great. Yeah. So he, uh, you see McCready, played by Kurt Russell, holding that uh, bottle of whiskey. When the explosion happens, because the guy accidentally drops a grenade and he falls... He falls into the snow and he doesn't let go of his bottle of whiskey. That's awesome. And these there are little things like that where you're learning about who these characters are. He's the type of guy that wouldn't let go of his bottle of whiskey. So there's a backstory for him that they had about him being a Vietnam vet who had post traumatic stress post traumatic stress disorder PTSD or syndrome yeah. and alcoholism uh, and disorder. You're right. Alcoholism and insomnia. Sure, but they don't bring it up. But you can kind of tell in his manner. There's something going on. With yeah. Him. I mean, you don't wear a hat like that unless you have problems. No. <laughs> I love that hat. Uh, you would you would wear that hat. Yeah. Um, when they go to the Norwegian site to see what the hell happened there. Yep. Again, little things that I appreciated. The guy who was sitting in the chair who had been killed, his throat had been slit. Um, he wasn't showing any signs of the mutations. He was just dead in the chair. He was leaking the blood. The blood was frozen. Frozen. Yeah. Like when you look at that, you're like, my God, that is so like visual and like like it, it was. Uh, we use this example. God, was it Terminator when that little drop of blood hit the water? Yeah. There's just that attention to detail in there. Was he's, wild. An, he's an artist. He is. And also, Kurt Russell, in this movie, the way he looks, might be the most handsome man in a movie ever. Uh, you that know, beard and hair. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think because I'm bald. Yeah. You know, that I'm like, just, you say weird things. Sorry. That's okay. That's how you are. Bald. Uh, <laughs> SpongeBob. <laughs> Can I also jump ahead to something like way yeah. further in the movie? Um, get the actor's name for me. The one I was talking about, uh, the El Capitan. What's yeah, the actor's name? Donald Moffat. Oh, M O F F A T. Donald Moffat, who plays the El Capitan or Captain or whatever. His Gary. Name is. Gary. Gary Wyatt. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, at the towards the end of the movie, he is tied to the bench. Um, Will you get me off of this? <laughs> right. So that's hit that line. Yeah, is my favorite line in the entire movie. He's tied to the bench. They're running the test to see who is infected and who isn't, right? So they basically take blood samples of everyone. And the idea is that because this is a living, breathing organism that tries to avoid being hurt or killed, that if they heat up a wire and they touch the blood and it's infected, the blood will turn into a monster and try to kill you. So it happens. I know. So it happens. And the guy's like mutating while tied to the bench while tied to the other two guys. So they flamethrow him. They finally take care of him. And uh, Gary. Not before he eats one of them. Yeah. And Gary, I know that was incredible. And Gary's still tied on the bench. And the whole movie, he is like this calm Normal voice of yeah. reason. You know, never gets too high, never gets too low. Until Wolford Billy puts his fingers in his face. Right. That wasn't good. But on the scene, he looks at him and goes, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of the winter tied to this fuck couch <laughs> it's really good <laughs> oh my god and uh, you know what else is creepy and wonderful about this movie you don't get the pathology of the thing really of what it's 
what it's thinking or what right. it's doing. Right. Like, it seems like it's kind of it. It seems childish. Like it's experimenting with what it can do and what it can't. And it's like it it can kind of mimic things and also like play along. But also when whenever someone mentions that someone is the thing, it just starts shaking and then just comes in uncontrollably like unwound. So I love. Ah, I, I know. So I know, gross. I know. I God. I love when the intent of the monster or the intent of the bad guy is discovered rather than, you know, like the joke in Austin Powers where like he's trapped and Dr. Eve is like, I will tell you my yeah, evil plan. Yeah. And his son's like, no, don't tell him the plan. He's like, no, I will. We're going a, to get the laser. I'll get a gun. We'll shoot them together. It'll be right. fun. Yeah, pow, yeah, yeah. pow, dead. And I, I love the satire of that because that does happen in a lot of movies. Even in Predator when the woman, Anna, is that her name? Yeah, when the summers are hottest. Yeah, when... And, and, it was a clever way to give more insight into the fact that it's a hunter in this movie, in the thing, there's no roadmap or blueprint or discovery. They just are like, yeah, like obviously this thing, I love how it's the thing they, yeah. because it's a thing. What a great name. What for else movie. can you call it? Yeah. Right. But the discovery of what its motives are and what, what it's trying to do are, are just organically uncovered throughout the movie. Yep. It's, God, it's, it's so good. Gross. It's a great movie. It's All right, so Max. Gross. Let's talk about facts. Facts. Uh, so there's so many in this. I movie. know. Released in 1982. Um, like I said, didn't do all that well. Neg- 19, negative reviews. 19.6 million on a 20 15, million on a 15 million, million dollar yeah, budget. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, by all accounts, it was a failure. I mean, yeah. like if you objectively look at the film, it would be considered a failure. And Carpenter, for someone who's so revolutionary and kind of does his own thing, he's very sensitive to box office and also critic reviews. Right. Like it really bums him out. And like to this day. He still gets like it's like Tom Brady not being drafted. You know what I mean? He still cries about it. Yeah, Carpenter's like that with reviews and box offices. I did not know that. Yeah, he's really sensitive. The original director chosen to do this was Toby Hooper, which I think is Texas Chainsaw director, if I'm not mistaken. Really? That's awesome. Why don't you look that up? Because okay. I'm not 100 percent on that. Yep, you're right. Okay, good. I usually am. Oh, he did Poltergeist too. Oh well, that's a f- interesting note because we'll be talking about Poltergeist next week. By the way, that scary movie. No. That was one of the most fun times I had at a scary movie yeah. ever. Like well, that, because, that's a scary because movie because for me. Because Nelson, man. And sp- no, Spielberg. Yeah. Like, there's hope and, like, oh, kids. Yeah. You and, love like, hope. Yeah. You love hope. Yeah. Uh, it's like a R-rated version of E.T. Although, one thing, I have to say this right now. Yeah. Uh, they say the wife is 32 and they have a 16-year-old daughter. What the actual hell? Yeah. 16-year-old. Babies having babies. Isn't I, there, like, a rap song about that from I, Tupac? <laughs> sure. Dude, let's get Jada Pinkett Smith on this show. My God, what a she week might she's sleep having. with both of us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> ruin our marriage. Unbelievable. What a monster of a woman. She's she really. Is. I feel. I never thought I'd feel bad for Will Smith. Yeah. It's like I feel. I mean, I feel it, terrible. Does it make you feel like this entire thing is just a conspiracy to get people to get off his butt about the Chris Rock thing? Like I almost feel like no. He seems. She seems. This is always kind of how it seems. Oh God, no! This is bad, dude. She's a monster. I mean, people are coming after her that you never would have thought would come after. her. I'd come after. I'd she's punch her. The, easy, easy man. <laughs> Easy. You're not punching anyone. Yeah, I know. You're you're she's five one too. She'd beat the crap out of you. She was in the Matrix. She was. She's uh, good. Universal secured the remake rights from the thing from another world. This was an adaptation of John Campbell's novella, Who Goes There? But Carpenter's been very clear it's not like a clean remake of that, right? Like Yeah, it's, it's Hudson Hawk's movie too from yeah, the fifties that yeah, he's yeah, remaking, yeah. basically. Yep. Yeah. Who he's like a big fan of. He did not Carpenter did not want to write this movie. Uh, he made it very clear, and Universal went to Derek Washburn, Nigel Neal, the famed author Richard Matheson. Uh, he wrote I Am Legend. They all turned it down. So they had the idea. They knew what they wanted to do. Nobody wanted to write it. This, to me, is incredible. This is probably one of my favorite facts. Bill Lancaster, who wrote this movie, was a novice screenwriter. He'd only done two movies prior to this. And you know what those two movies yes, were? Yes, I do. The Bad News Bears <laughs> and The Bad News Bears Go to Japan. Hey, that's a that's a resume. Uh, first of all, The Bad News Bears is an incredible movie. Yeah. I don't think I've seen The Bad News Bears Go to Japan, but The, the Bad News Bears is an inc- incredible, incredible movie. Also a wild point, uh, Rorschach from um, Watchmen. Yeah? That's the kid from Bad News Bears. It is? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's also, uh, he's one of the kids in Breaking Away. He was also the new Freddy Krueger. Yes. Yeah. It's Jackie Earl Jones, or Jackie Earl something. Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. Uh, He was- um, I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. Right. Well, so to your point, he was the the new Freddy Krueger, and he was also um, the Bad News Bears. Breaking Uh, Away, he's one of the dudes. Yeah, he was Kelly Leak. The kid that they got, like the bad boy kid that they got to play. But yeah, anyways, that's, I yeah. thought that was fun to share, Max. I got nothing else. Uh, he kind of looks like if Chucky was real. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No, he looks like, uh, 
who's the redheaded kid from that TV show, The Partridge Family? Oh, yeah. I know. Danny. Danny Badaducci. Danny Elfman? No. No. <laughs> Danny Elfman. No. That's the least thing No, Danny Badaducci. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. But Joey Badafuco. Uh, this Carpenter's favorite movie of his own. I know. So Carpenter, well, Carpenter was a fan of the Bad News Bears, which is why he was on board for this, which is funny. This is Carpenter's favorite movie that he's done, which I don't blame him. It's, it's a, again, a great movie. We talked about the original uh, effects budget was $200,000. It got bumped to $1.5 million. They did some kind of creative things to save money instead of having two separate locations. When at the end of the movie, when they were done blowing up the entire set in Alaska, they then went back and shot all of the remains of the set. Yeah. And that's what the Norwegian one set was at the beginning of the movie. So they reverse order shot it so they could get more bang for their buck. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. By the way, do you know that there was a fan of the thing who went to British Columbia to find the wreckage in 2003 and he found the rotators for the uh, helicopter? No way. And he kept it in his uh, memorabilia no test way. stuff. No That's like, really cool. He just went there and like found the stuff. They just left it. That's really Isn't cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. We should do that. We there should, should go, be like- We should, should go to, uh, where was the Predator shot? Uh, Portugal? Mexico. Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, we should go there and see if we can find- I don't think Arnold we'd make Stoney's. it out. I'd get, I'd be sucked dry by like one it, mosquito. Yeah, You're, you, you wouldn't have a pillow for your back, so you couldn't <laughs> get on the flight. Jeez, Louise. So kind of crazy. The music we were talking about before, mm-hmm. uh, unused music for this movie was used by the music uh, producer Neo Morricone in the Hateful Eight. Oh, really? So he used that. Somehow, the Thing score was nominated for a Razzie for worst score, and the Hateful Eight won him an Oscar. So it just shows like, like yeah. people not like this movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's that's all there is to it. People just did not like this movie. It's so gross. Like I, I if you are at least, are you semi queasy? Can you imagine 1982 seeing this on a theater screen and you're not used to kind of violence? Like you know, I've seen the Saw movies. Right. Like like I can at least deal with it and still gross. Back then it had to be like it was jarring. Like I'm a sure like a caveman with an iPhone. Yeah. You're like what? Caveman with an iPhone. What do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's you're like a caveman with an iPhone. I am. <laughs> I have both of those things. You do have both those things. <laughs> they filmed a couple different endings for this movie, and I think in another episode you talked about fan theories, and I think we could probably yeah, just hop to this right away. That, that, so, spoiler alert: if you've never seen the thing, if you've never seen the thing, like plug your ears for a couple minutes. We'll talk about the end. So, the very end of the movie, the only the only two guys left are McCready and, and Childs. And Childs went away to go look for the doctor. Right, but like. You're kind of like, why would he go away? He had the flamethrower, and like, you, if you go away, people are going to think you're infected. Well, I mean, McCready went away a couple times too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, but it's not. But I, but, but child, yes. child seems like you're like that guy's definitely an alien. So the whole place has been blown to crap, and they're sitting in this like you know pile of of leftover crap, and they're you know McCready of course has a bottle of whiskey because that's his thing. Yep. And they're both just sitting there, and they don't know if who has been infected, who has but not been infected. But they're, they're gonna too freeze, tired to care And they're going to freeze to death in about an hour. But remember, freezing to death, well, freezing is a problem. Because they discussed that earlier in the movie, that what they don't want to have happen is for this alien to freeze and then get thawed out 100 years later, make it to the rest oh, yeah, of the world. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying... Like they're screwed. They're, they're not, they're not, either one was going to survive. There's, right, no, there's the, no generator in their place. But the decision that they have to try to make, I think that the subtext of this is that one of them is thinking we should kill. I should kill the other yep. in case you know they make it. I believe. So let's talk about the alternate endings first. One of which was when McCready is rescued and he gets tested, and it shows that he's not one of these things. Um, there are other endings that eliminated the ambiguity of who was or wasn't there. They went with the one that they have, but then you have read on like Reddit or somewhere that maybe the, the way they were drinking was kerosene. Yeah. And, yeah. So there's a couple things. So, I mean, like it's fun fan, fan theories. It's like Ferris Bueller was made up, you know, it's part yeah, of yeah. Cameron's mind. They were saying that, yeah, it's kerosene in the uh, liquor bottle and that child took it. McCready knows he's an alien, but Carpenter's let us, let us know that actually they're both human at the end. Oh, okay. That's what I didn't it know is. that. I didn't know so, the carpenter so actually declared that. Also, the thing can't replicate uh, non-organic uh, objects. So the fact that Child still has his earring on, it shows you that he's actually uh, human still. Oh, yeah. All but right. and interesting, in 2002, there's a video game of the thing mm-hmm. where McCready gets rescued when Child's died, and yeah. McCready's human still. When Carpenter said that's canon. Okay, so that's what's happened. Okay, that they're both, but it's just a great ambiguous, weird sci-fi ending. Like that's what the '70s were about in sci-fi movies, right? But that's and that was again criticized. But I think if you don't like a movie, then you don't like anything about the movie. If you love a movie, you love everything about the movie. But that was widely criticized that people when it tested, it tested very poorly. But, yeah, um, 
Carpenter was just committed to doing that way. So one of the cool things that I think Carpenter did in the making of this film is he was very open to advice from a lot of talented people around him because he originally wanted one single unchanging creature. And I think part of what made the thing incredible is all of these different flavors oh of alien, the little spider alien, the, the dog splash, the dog, the everything. Right, 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 right. Like all the legs, the head that's walking. So you brought this up. Uh, there was, um, and by the way, this was largely the influence of the makeup designer, Rob Bowden. Yep. Rob, I think it's Botten or Bowden? I think it's Botten. I think it's, it's Botten. Okay, yeah. Rob Botten. Uh, Rob Botten was the guy you mentioned. He was hospitalized for stress. And listen to this. He he was in charge of overseeing the special effects. He was so dedicated of the most difficult tasks. He did them himself. A lot of puppetry stuff. Yeah. And he lived on the set. So he actually like didn't leave the set. He lived there for a year. Oh, my God. Didn't take any days off. He eventually got hospitalized for a double pneumonia. That means both lungs. <laughs> double pneumonia. Both lungs, right? A bleeding ulcer and exhaustion. I want to throw in there, he was 21. Yeah. So this is at a time in your life where physically you should be able to handle a lot. And he had like health issues that 80 year olds have, right? Like at 21 years old. I mean, this dude, I want to hear him interviewed. Have you seen his, uh, his breakdown of what movies he's done? We're going to get to it. I've got, uh, on him and Winston too. Okay. So, so yeah. not, not now. Or? No, not yet. Cause we're going to get to it in a second. So is Winston his like sidekick or what happened? So, so explain to me. This. So Stan Winston did uncredited work on the movie and he, if you don't know the name Stan Winston, you should aliens, Alien predator. predator, Edward Scissorhand, Jurassic Park. Uh, Stan Winston, I think, was the one who's responsible for the mandibles. He's yep. the one who made the. He was call on. The, on the he mandibles. was on the plane with James Cameron when James Cameron suggested it to him. Yep, yep. absolutely. Uh, which is so wild. They were on like a flight, flight to, Japan. to Japan, right? Yeah. yeah. God, I'm so happy you and I know that. So <laughs> that's it's amazing. So look, he is he is arguably the biggest name in Hollywood for special effects. He did the dog work on the thing, and he's uncredited because he so respected Botten. Yep. And he was like, I don't want any credit for him. This is his vision. So it's like an early in his career type thing. It's like how, um, oh gosh, uh, come on. Who's the guy who directed the original Batman? Well, I can't think of his name right now. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Thank you. Tim Burton worked with Jim Henson for a, a hot minute. Yeah. Un- uncredited. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Like like early, early in his career. It's kind of the same thing, right? Was Jim like, you all right, Tim? <laughs> like, <laughs> a little dark. Yeah. A little dark. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but I, mean, I think it's that early influence in career where he worked not as an understudy, but he watched the master do yep. it and then took off and did his own thing. Oh, by the way, you were talking about little details that just make this movie so cool. Yeah. The shadow in the hallway when the dog is like kind of moving around the camp and yep. you see a human shadow and it's like, you know, the Alfred Hitchcock shadow. Like, yep, that yep. was menacing. He didn't use any one of the actors. Oh, really? Because he kept it ambiguous about okay. who it was. Because yeah, you couldn't yeah. be like, oh, that's, you that's know. That's him because his face looks this way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't that if, cool? If you want to, yeah, it is. If you want to hop into Botten stuff, go ahead. Because I was just, I wanted to get through the Winston Oh, my God. Yeah. First, I mean, yeah. I think this is probably the coolest, like, this is, he doesn't miss. Well, there's one movie in particular that is. That one me, movie? Are you kidding me? There's so, one. You know the one I'm going to say. No. Go ahead. Go okay. your list. Go. King Kong. Yep. Star Wars. Yep. The Fog. Yep. Airplane. Yep. Explorers. Yep. Legend. Yep. The Witches of Eastwick. Yep. Inner Space. Yep. Robocop. Yeah, is that the one? There okay, she yeah, yeah. is. Her. The Great Outdoors. Yeah. Uh, Total Recall. Basic Instinct. Seven, which is gross. Yeah. Mission Impossible with the masks. Yeah, yeah. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He's no joke, dude. Fight Club. Yeah. Charlie's Angels. Mr. Deeds. And then, why well, did I end up with Mr. Mr. Deeds? Mr. Deeds. But then he had a 12-year break, and then he did one episode of Game of Thrones. Sure. He didn't, he didn't do anything from 2012 to 2000. He didn't need to. Yeah, I know. He's good. That is, like, talk about, like... The most arrogant business card or resume you could have. Oh, yeah. I think that's like on par with like, God, I don't know, like Spielberg's directing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's crazy. He, um, so one thing that he did that was amazing is he found a double amputee. So this was a guy who lost. No, he didn't. Lost both of his hands at the elbow in an industrial accident. And you know the scene yeah, where the. the that, the, the chest chomp. Yeah. So that guy is a double amputee. They fit him with two prosthetic forearms made of wax bones, rubber veins, and jello. And then for the wide angle shot, he fit the man with a skin like mask taken from a mold of Dysart's face, kind of like uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yep. And placed it into the chest cavity where a set of mechanical jaws clamped down on them. So that the reason this is so visceral when you watch it is because. That guy was a double amputee, and it was like legit. Yeah, and that did like clamp down and rip the dude's arms. Oh my god! By the way, I have to say, like, and I, I, I just in my mind, if you're a double amputee who yeah. lost both of your arms in an industrial accident, 
How is that not the most like triggering and terrifying thing in the world to stick even fake arms? You're yeah. like even at the elbow that you're sitting by that compressor that's about to rip them off. Like God bless that guy because I I couldn't do that. Like, I, I think to be part accident. of a movie, a John Carpenter movie, you're like this saw like Max. You're, you're turning a negative. Would you be into, able to do it, Max? Turning a negative into a positive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, would you be able to sit without a cushion? Could you make those kind of sacrifices? No. <laughs> No. I'd, be, I'd be a very hard actor to work with. Do you know the story about Russell Crowe uh, accidentally almost killing everyone with a stick of dynamite? Russell Crowe? Yeah. He what, was 15 in the movie, year old? Too. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Skipper. <laughs> Tugga. It's Kurt Russell. God. Tugga. Tugga, get over here. <laughs> Do you know the story about Kurt Russell almost blowing everybody up with a no. stick of dynamite? So towards the end of the movie, um, he did not anticipate like that. It was a real stick of dynamite. And he, I guess he like threw it and he didn't anticipate it like being that much and knocked him clean backwards. Uh, Why were they using after, real dynamite? Because di- this is crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how there's no OSHA like laws yeah, I that guess. existed during that period of time. Max, we've spent a lot of time on facts. I am clump. I'm clump. I'm a clump. <laughs> Hercules. Hercules. I am plumb out of these in dark you and your plums. <laughs> Do you have any more facts before we take a quick break? Yeah, I have a bunch actually. Sorry. Oh dear uh, God. The tentacles and legs. Yes. Like you know how they they looked like really realistic yeah, in how yeah. they were moving and all. Mm-hmm. They filmed them in reverse, so they would mm-hmm. be pushed in, and then the film would be shot back. Retract them. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's why it looks so kind of like, I don't know, just like they're actually moving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the stuff. The stuff shot of the dog scene uh, that where the yellow blood is coming yeah, yeah. out. That's uh, carbopol, which is used in Twinkies. Oh. <laughs> oh, this might be my favorite fact. Jay Leno read for this movie. I don't know what part. <laughs> Probably the doctor. I mean, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Jesus. Isn't that great? This is your favorite Wilford Brimley, Wilford Brimley movie? Outside of Cocoon, obviously. Uh, no, Hard Target. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's incredible in Hard Target. He's really good in The Firm. Yeah. That might be my favorite. Well, we'll talk. I want right, to. Sorry, sorry, I have sorry, a whole. Right, 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 we'll get there. We'll it costs $75,000 just to keep the cast and crew warm in winter Greek, winter oh, gear that, in yeah. British Columbia. In Antarctica, yeah. It was between zero and 15 degrees. Sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, there was a black and white image uh, on the poster with Jaws coming from the sky. Yeah. But Poltergeist had a black and white ad campaign, so they switched it. Do you know that the poster for the film was made without the person who did it having any prior knowledge of what the movie was about? That's really cool. And I heard. Uh, it's one of the top 10 most iconic movie posters of all time. So you're right. And in addition to that, it was created in just 24 hours. And the guy who created his name is Drew Sturzen. And he is widely known in movie circles as being one of the best poster designers of all times. And you know two other posters he did? The Back to the Future and Star Wars one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So he's he's no joke. Um, you know, a buddy of mine, uh, you know, the the poster that we have, the Buzz in the Tower banner that's got you and I like we're on the flight. Deck. Yeah, yeah. So that guy who did it, his name is Jordan Rischel. Mm. He is a poster designer. That's what he does like for a living yeah. for movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, he's he's the we should have him on. Uh, Absolutely. At some point, just talk about like his experience because he's done some like big ones. We could do. Oh, we could do top 10 80s movie posters. Oh, that's a great call. That's a really fun one. And we'll totally we'll have, have him on. Yeah. You nailed as it. As a guest. You nailed it. We'll yeah. do it. That'll be our first because uh, we'll get out of October. We'll do that in November. Sweet. Oh, man. Yeah. Look at you. Bring uh, value to the show. I the, love, love when you do that. And last fact, uh, the autopsy, we know when Brimley's kind of like yeah, yeah. tearing apart, the sound. This the guy's kind of, got diabetes. <laughs> the sound was made with paper towels soaked in egg yolks. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, man. It's going to be fun making being a sound guy. You know what I mean? Like thinking of these random things that yeah. make actual different noises. Yeah, I just, it's, it's all gross to me. All right, Max. Yeah. With that being said, we spent a lot of time, so it's time to take a break and have a couple words from our sponsors. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at wearedolby.com. Buying and selling a home is dangerous. It's not Antarctica digging up old aliens. Dangerous. It feels like it. If you want a nice piece of property so that you can move away from society because you've been scared, absolutely cold stone. Because Creamery. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Max. Stone cold, cold stone, delicious. You get the point, Max. If you need the right house or if you need to sell the house that you're in, look no further than Dolby Real Estate. They have the best agents. They have the best marketing. They're going to protect you during a process that can be very dangerous. If you don't know what you're doing and you get into the wrong house, God help you. You know what I'm saying? It's like ordering the wrong ice cream. It is from Cold Stone. (laughs) It's really well played. Reach out to Toby Real Estate today. Tell them the Buzz in the Tower sent you. A thousand homes sold, four hundred million in sales. They are, raisin. they are the best. <laughs> Max, we're back. 
Yep. We, we, a lot. We, we somehow just talked for about an hour. There's so many facts about this movie. Like well, when you have like the anatomic stuff. Yeah. Max, I'm going to give you a runway on this. Just go. Go start at the top and right. rip through. Uh, John you know, Carpenter directed, I mean, probably one of the most underrated directors of all time. Uh, he used kind of this minimalist cinematography and lighting. He makes empty spaces look full and vice versa, which is just a really cool like design choice. Mm-hmm. He has this thing called Cheap Scares, which is on screen quick music swells and then something's gone mm-hmm. that's pretty much him and so many so many people rip rip right. him off, rip that off yeah, yeah. yeah uh this is the most wild fact i've ever heard in my entire life he turned down the chance to direct top gun can you imagine what it would have been john carpenter's top gun i i, I have no idea i can't even think of anything he's done that would have been close to not that. even just nothing yeah. I, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, right? That's wild. Loves Elvis and Cadillacs. Uh, turned down Fatal Attraction. And uh, only has 33 directing credits, but his 80s is untouchable. The Fog, Escape from New York, This, Christine, Starman. I freaking love Starman. Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, which is gross. Yeah. And they live. Big Trouble in Little China might be one of might be on my Mount Rushmore of 80s movies. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just the most 80s movie you ever. You can't compare it to anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jack. you know what Jack Burton always says? Be cool. You gotta be effing kidding me. <laughs> Ah. Mellow out. Mellow out. Uh, Kurt Russell was McGreedy. Uh, born in Massachusetts, played minor league baseball. Disney child star. Yeah. I always blows my mind. If you go back to those old black and white Disney films, you'll catch a handful of them that he's uh, all over. So do you know he's like a Ron Swanson, like libertarian? And yes. like it's he thinks it's why he's kind of like blackballed from Hollywood kind of. Yeah. So he has a 72-acre retreat outside of Aspen. Yeah. He was offered Sam Neill's role in Jurassic Park. His stuntman... By the way, it has the best name of all time. It's Dick Warlock. Isn't that great? Richard to his friends. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, considered for Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver. I mean, the great movies for him, Used Cars. Used Cars is underrated. I'd love yeah. to talk about that. I mean, Overboard. Yeah. Overboard might be your and my Captain favorite. Ron. Yeah. Oh, Captain Ron's a great <laughs> yeah. movie. Escape from is New York. Is 90s? Yeah. Oh, man. Throw that on our 90s yeah. list when we start rolling that out in January. Fox and the Hound. He's Copper. Yep. Best of Times. Uh, Big Trouble. Backdraft. Tombstone. Backdraft. God, that's yeah. another 90s Stargate's movie. awesome. Stargate's incredible. Yeah. Soldier. Death Proof. You know, it's interesting. His character in Stargate, Stargate he, he really does play like the damaged goods character really well. Oh, yeah. Right? Like yeah. the kid didn't, was it like an accidental shooting? His kid was playing with his gun and killed himself in Stargate. Is it? Yeah. I son, was wondering why he was so tough. Something yeah. happens to his yeah. son where maybe it was like an accidental shooting. I can't remember, but that's a great movie. That movie still blows my mind. That movie shows me that James Spader is one of the greatest actors of all time. Spader's pretty because solid. Because he's like a soft nerd. Like, remember, it's weird. Have you seen that weird Spader movie where he's like uh, spanking his secretary who's played by Gyllenhaal? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal? No, the sister. Maggie Gyllenhaal? Maggie Gyllenhaal. No. Oh, it's like a, it's like this weird, weird- um, Sounds like my kind of movie. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey, except yeah. uh, lighter. <laughs> you need to check it out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'll look it up. Okay, but I mean, Kurt Russell rules. Yeah. Like, we're all Kurt Russell fans here. The Agreed. hair, just awesome guy. Go. Wilford Brimley. Oh, by the way, you need to see the Kurt Russell Santa Claus movies that have come out with him and Goldie. I've Hunters. heard they're good. And my kids love them. Are Absolutely. they fun? They're, and they're really, I like them too. They're really good. Are they better than the Tim uh, Allen Santa Claus movies? Different. Okay. Different. Interesting. But you'll like it. It's cool. good. So, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> so, one of the most random, like, he wasn't an actor till he was like 49. I believe like, that. He was a rodeo cowboy. And he was a blacksmith. Yeah. And he was a talented jazz singer who made a lot of albums. Have you seen the videos that, or the pictures they'll show? They're like Wilford Bloomley at forty nine, and it'll be like, yeah, it'll be like an actor today, like George Clooney at forty nine. Well, like, yeah, he played, he's prematurely aged by it, like a hundred years. In Cocoon, everyone was twenty years older than him. Yeah. He's like, I'm still in my midlife, you jerks. Uh, uh, what else was he in? He was in uh, the baseball Ma- movie, uh, The Natural. The Natural. You're yeah, just yeah, the yeah. best damn hitter I've ever seen. Yep, 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 Pops. Yeah. Yep. Tender Mercies. Absence of Malice. Uh, the firm, he's very intimidating. I loved him in the firm. Yeah, yeah. He's create like he what they out of their security. They casted him against character because you wouldn't think of him as being like sure. someone who's going to be like a murdering enforcer. Right, right. A uh, hard target. He's Uncle Duvet. Yep. He's on a. I, I want to get a tattoo once of him on a horse with a bow and arrow. Sure, you do. And uh, Seinfeld, he was the postmaster general. Yep. Yeah. So just, I mean, Newman's boss. I yeah. remember, yeah. He's great in this movie, too, because he seems the most concerned, and then he, you're not sure if he's an alien. And when, it's he, like, when he goes crazy, yeah. and then he's like, I'm fine. I'm, yeah. I'm totally, like, I yeah. love that part. He's, just, yeah. he's like, no, he's I'm, eating yeah, out of can of beans. I, I, yeah. Let me out of here. Everything's yeah. going to be fine. And he's cocking calmly, and there's a hangman's noose next to him. I know, right? <laughs> Nobody ever even addresses no. that. That's funny. I totally noticed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Keith David is child. Yeah. Keith David, man. So someone said, "Have this. you seen Men at Work yet?" Yeah, I think that to me, like, he's I, incredible. I, how can you not love that? So someone said and they live, obviously. Yeah, someone yeah. said this on another podcast. Did Samuel L. Jackson take all his good roles? You see what I'm saying? Like he should yeah, have had a bigger yeah, career. Yeah, I, you know, he's so talented. He's great. He's great. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a fair point. 
I think the, he's older too. Isn't he older than? I don't think so. He's always like, yeah. looking, uh, I mean, Frank and they live. He's the president in Rick and Morty. Yep. Huge, talented uh, voice actor, too. He's Goliath and Gargoyles. Yep. Flame King in Adventure Time. He's the general in Armageddon. He's like, I wouldn't trust these guys with a potato gun. <laughs> <laughs> Men at Work, Platoon, Roadhouse, The Quick and the Dead, Clockers, oh, Volcano. Man. I want to I go watch Men at Work right yeah. now. Yeah. I love Men at Work. Dude, there's something about Mary. Is Mary's mom? Is Mary's, oh, my uh, God. Dad. Stepdad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah step no, Dad. I think it's mm, Dad. Yeah, maybe. you're right. Yeah. I think probably Stepdad. He's got the Frank above the beans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and the replacements he's one of the coaches yeah yeah you're right just an awesome dude miles and miles yeah <laughs> richard macer uh who's the guy who loves the dogs yep risky business he's rutherford i know yeah get him into penn's no was it penn state no what was the school you think that movie's about penn, no, it's state. Not penn state it's uh dad i got it's, an arizona it's state harvard. You... it's not harvard it's, it's princeton princeton thank yeah. you god not penn state sorry <laughs> i'm thinking michigan football right now. i was I'm so sorry i was like i don't know why i was so offended by that but i know yeah. you did get really mad yeah. and snotty <laughs> Snooty, snotty. Lic- licensed to drive. He's the oh, dad. He is the best dad ever. One of the best dads. Really cool. Knowles uh, was played by T.K. Carter, who's the Iceman in Ski Patrol, and he was on <laughs> Ski Patrol. <laughs> yeah, so good. he really didn't do anything else. He was the he was uh, he. Uh, oh God, what song do they sing? The karaoke, um, dancing in the street. Yeah, right. Isn't <laughs> yeah, that it? Yeah. Uh, should be dancing. Does he do drag? He does. He dresses in drag. He and does. Yeah. Is it Ski Patrol or Sea School? I mix them up. I mix them up too. Yeah. Man, that's They're both another. Great. That's another movie. Uh, the thin dude with headphones is David Clennon, who played Palmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in the right stuff. Syriana. He was on Scrubs, Grey's Anatomy, Weeds. So I mean, like these are all kind of just. Small bit characters, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but they're good. They yeah, fit. They, they fit well. Yeah, Doctor Copper was played by Dreikerd. I can't think of him in anything. Oh, Richard Dryart. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Back to the Future Three. He was the barbed wire salesman. He was the what? Barbed wire salesman. Barbed wire salesman. I I mean, who the hell? I don't knows? remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in Wall Street in a small part. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, this is actually a good one. Uh, Vance Norris, the guy who has the chest cavity, yep. came in and yep. like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's played by Charles Hallahan. Hulahan. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the dodgeball? <laughs> no, he was uh, the wrestling coach in Vision Quest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Peter Maloney, who played George Bennings, uh, the guy with the beard who shot in the beginning. Yep. He's in Desperately Seeking Susan, Manhunter, JFK. He's a researcher in private parts, so we got to go find that. I guess so. <laughs> uh, and Windows was played by Thomas G. Waits, who was in Justice for All. Have you ever seen Justice for I All? I don't think I've seen that. It's a really good Al Pacino movie. It's wonky. Okay. And he's like this guy. Willy, Willy wonky or regular? Uh, regular wonky. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a little Willy. All right. Yeah, he was also Fox <laughs> and the Warriors. Got to lean into it. Max. Know. Wrap up your characters. That was it. <laughs> That's it. So who do you for recasting? recasting. Yeah, I have a couple um, good ones. Who are we recasting? I. What do you mean? I thought you just wrote some down. I have oh. a couple. Well, um, who you want? You go first. For child, I'd Bill Duke. Yeah, a little maybe. too old looking. Maybe kinda, or, I can see it. Yeah, eighty two. You know, that's like Leon in American Gigolo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also William Hurt as McCready. Oh, that would be good. William Hurt's awesome. By the way, you need to see Altered States. I know it, it's one of the creepiest movies I've ever seen. I know. I yeah. know. Okay. I know. Um, what did you have? Uh, uh, Bruce Willis from McCready. Oh yeah, that works. I could just see the. I'd like to see I, him I in a never beard. Been in a horror film. I'd like I to think see it'd be kind beard. of fun to see him in a horror film. Yeah. And I had Samuel L. Jackson for um, for Childs. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point about stealing <laughs> inner swapping roles, I kind of could see that. Yeah. Uh, you know who else I could see though? I could see uh, King Kong. Well, I can't think of his Denzel name. Washington? Denzel Washington. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be real. I mean, that'd be he's super young. Yeah. But, uh, but you could pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I like that. Uh, Max, favorite scene in the movie? Favorite scene? Uh, I like when they're just all normal hanging out in the beginning. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a nice safe spot. <laughs> You're such a coward. Uh, when they're going to the Norwegian camp and kind of looking through stuff and figuring stuff out. I mean, I think for a scene like where I'm, I forget that I'm actually a human and I'm just watching something I feel connected to. It's the blood testing scene. That's my favorite scene in the movie is the blood testing scene. The anticipation. Yeah. Of waiting, and then you're doing one by one, and you don't know, yeah. and you just get that little sizzle as it hits the blood, and you see a little smoke come up, and and you just are wait, and you don't know what you're gonna see or what you're waiting for. Then the blood hits the ground after the little monster comes out of it, and it like scatters, yeah. And then the dude is like Shaking. seizuring, yeah. That was uh, that was great, and I I love the outside of the spaceship, which we agree we want to get rid of. I love the opening scene of the movie. I I love the total and complete confusion about. 
have no idea what's going on. You see this beautiful dog, and yep. you see a guy in a chopper trying to shoot it. Yeah, it's violent. And the, and then the dog makes it to the guy. He's jumping on him and licking him, yeah. and everything's fine. And just, you have no idea. And yeah. I, I love that. No, you, I love it. Have you looked up the Norwegian? Uh, like, you know how the Norwegian guy's yelling something? Oh, what they're saying? He's like, no. Did you, did you know the translation of it? Or? Yeah, it's like, stop. That's not a dog. This uh, is an alien. It, it's it, infected. It, it, We're it. all infected. Oh, you know, awesome. yeah. It's great. Yeah. Always goes to show it's good to speak. Norwegian? Norwegian. Yeah. Norwegian. I think it's just Norway. Norway. Right, whatever. I don't Norwegian. Norway-ish, <laughs> kind of. Uh, Max, do you have anything else? Spotlight. Spotlight. Let's go to our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight. Max, today's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is Carlos Correa, huge fan of the show. He is a free diving instructor and he is from Colombia. Yeah. Again, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. My favorite fans. I love the United States. Don't get me wrong, but it is so cool when we have out of country fans that dig the show and want to be a part of what we're doing. He's a former national boxing champion. He's got a whole bunch of schools. Not not boxing, just national champion. So he, the free diving instructing is not like what I did, right? This is like no tank, no water. Yeah. He's teaching you to hold your breath, uh, explore the underwater world, but without having all of the tanks and everything, you're not scaring away the wildlife as much. So I think that's wildly, wildly cool. Yeah, check him out on Club Delphinus. C-L-U-B-D-E-L-P-H-I-N-U-S-S. That's his IG account. But yes, check him out right away. I cut you off because you have problems reading and I wanted to make sure that was pretty clear. I knew you would appreciate that. All right, let's see what Carlos had to say about The Thing. Hey, Carlos Correa here from Colombia. Thank you guys for uh, welcoming on and opening these spaces. I think it's really cool what you do. So, okay, here's my notes on this amazing movie. So The Thing, I have to say it's one of my favorite horror flicks from the 80s, from the decade. I think it truly has that unique 80s sci-fi horror spirit. It's very unique from that decade. We love, you know, there's a whole bunch of movies that came afterwards with that influence. But, you know, this is one of those main uh, movies that started the whole thing. I think the atmosphere overall is really uh, doomed. Is you know, it's a dark movie, in a way uh, of you know, you know, as the story develops, you realize these guys are pretty much screwed. Like no one's gonna come for 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 them. It's in the middle of nowhere in the Antarctic, right? So they're really far from any kind of civilization. This is, I mean, probably the most hostile place on pla- on the planet. And they're in the middle of this crazy situation. I think it's, you know, a really, really bad scenario for anyone to be there. And the way it develops as well, you know, it gets, it just keeps getting worse. So it's like at some point you realize that oh, there's no hope for these poor people. So, yeah, um, the details, the, the, the gory sci-fi details, the creatures, the way they mutate, you know, from the very beginning with the doggy and, you know, the guy when he's head falls off and it becomes a spider and you know the way it spreads all over the 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 present all over the 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 lab with all these different people and it's just amazing it's just uh the perfect 80s sci-fi horror movie in my humble opinion the soundtrack the the way they work and Kurt Russell you know and John Carpenter of course it's there The, the the his seal is there I think it's just uh, a great movie to watch, a, a classic, one of those movies that you, you know, you eventually start to appreciate more and more over the years. At the first, at, at first when I saw it, I, I, I really wasn't getting what, what was going on, what was the, the whole thing um, that was going on. Then eventually you watch it a couple of more times and then you start to, you know, understand all the, the little details and it's just great. And until today, I, you know, sometimes just like to remind myself of that, wonderful era of those horror flicks, sci-fi horror flicks uh, from that era. So, yeah, I like to watch it when I get a chance. You know, there's all these other movies from that era that are also great. Uh, The Fly from Cronenberg, the Aliens franchise, of course, Uh, and then many other things. But, you know, the thing from outer space, that definitely started something. Yeah, I mean, he he nailed it. And again, when we have people do our spotlights that are big fans of the show, they usually are into the exact same things that we are. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, a couple of the points that he brought up, but like specifically to just the mixture of the soundtrack and the cinematography. This is the thumbprint of Carpenter. Yep. 
Even, I mean, I know he did his own music. You brought that up earlier and you're right. As much as I was saying you were wrong, he probably had a hand in the music a little bit for this film, but you know, the feel of a Carpenter film, like seconds into it. Yeah. You could, I could do like a blind taste test and be like, yeah, that's a Carpenter film. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Carlos, thanks so much for joining us and be safe out there in the water and uh, awesome job. Max, you want to say anything to Carlos in Colombia? He rocks. I really do like Let's him. go to Colombia and visit him. Okay. Let's go free diving. Yeah. You do great in the water, Max. You're I'll like stay a, in Medellin. You're like a dolphin. You'll stay where? Medellin. I know nothing about Colombia. For the end, I want to finish with something. You want to? All right. Well, then I'll go before you and then you can finish. My finishing statement on this is follow, keep, subscribe. Keep the change, you filthy. <laughs> Follow, subscribe, leave a review at Buzz in the Tower on all social media platforms. We snuck a little uh, Detroit Lions TikTok in there. So if you dig the yeah. NFL, you check that out. <laughs> Turn on, on around every now and then. All right. Uh, Patreon.com slash Buzz in the Tower. Buzz in the Tower.com. Cats and dogs sleeping together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Max, I got nothing to close out. You've done a wonderful job today. I've been proud of you. This is a good episode. I think our new studio has brought the best of you, other than stealing my coffee. I've, I've seen some good things from you. Yeah. Caramel so salt. Keep, keep around. I like it. I'm going to need to get that recipe. Hit me up, Max. How do you want to finish this episode? So you got to do this with me. I will. So I would like you to read <laughs> section the, three. No, the McReady lines. Ready? Hold on. Fire's got the temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long, though. Neither will we. How will we make it? Maybe we shouldn't. If you're worried about me. If we've got any surprises for each other, I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Well, what do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while and see what happens? You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.